Hi and welcome everyone to the 75th episode of Serum Rocks. This is Marcus Allanson and this podcast will be about the release notes of April 19. And with me today I have... Gustav Esterund. Sara Lagerqvist. And Martin Burman. And all from CRM Consultant. Welcome everyone. Thank you. Thanks. And thank you. So we're here at Extreme Amsterdam and we're the end of the first day. What do you think of it this far? Well, I actually just arrived because my plane was sort of first cancelled and then I was rerouted to Copenhagen and I was sitting there, obviously because there was some wind, I think, or something. But I, So maybe you, you should answer. I experienced the wind firsthand on the streets of Amsterdam, but um, so far, like during uh, during the conference, there have been some really great sessions. So you were blown I like o- it. You were really blown away. Yeah, I was yeah, totally yeah. blown away. Yeah, awesome. All right, you done, Sarah. Yeah, I've been to two very good sessions, and I participated in a panel today. Oh, excellent! Yes. I haven't been speaking. I'm not planning to, so I'm just listening and drinking beer, as we all are. You're speaking around. All right. Um, So if we look at the release notes for April 19, what are you most excited about? Start with you, Martin. I would say the possibility to filter the trigger of a flow, which which is something that I blogged about, how to circumvent. But but now with a native possibility, flow moves more and more uh, towards the direction of being totally able to replace uh, traditional workflows. So like if you had an update or something, you just want to filter it. If this attribute is changed, then run my flow. Exactly. All right then. You, Sarah? Okay, so mine that I got most excited about is kind of silly, but since I come from the customer side from the beginning, I thought that being able to customize the case resolution entity it's going to be awesome. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> so there, it's not user friendly at all that you can't customize it. And there's, I, I haven't met one customer who doesn't want to change it. So I'm super excited about that. Yeah. 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 We were waiting for that. Yeah. So long. Yes. yes. That's cool. Uh, How about I, you, Gustav, then? I think we've been joking that the, the parity uh, between. Uh, workflows and flow will come in the fullness of time and we were in the session right now <laughs> when he when one of the guys from Microsoft uh, he was saying it will come in the fullness of time uh, like a million times and <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was smiling really hard <laughs> yeah so, everything will come in the fullness of time yes right? everything I think we will uh, actually reach the end of the universe in the fullness of time as well <laughs> isn't that the definition of fullness of time <laughs> yeah I think so. so that's exactly the definition of the fullness of time <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah so uh, I mean but I Regarding what I what I think is good is that they are actually moving towards that they're, they're working with it. So I think in the fullness of time, actually in this is actually something not the end of the universe scale, um, not probably a bit shorter than that. And, and uh, so we're seeing that there you can trigger uh, like like what Martin said. Uh, that's one of the parts that you can also trigger other sub subflows, and so that you, it becomes a bit more useful. Um, from that perspective uh, yeah. so and that know. probably means we have it on the roadmap we're not just committed to a date yeah but then, and then there's like yeah and also I mean there's like there's, uh, this pa- parity thing they're building into it like batch triggering uh, transactional support and, and all that, all of those th- things uh, regarding like building parity around flow and then you uh, mean flow versus workflow then. yes exactly like trying to build that 
so that, that flow becomes something that can replace workflows uh, in the fullness of time uh, will be, that I think that's really good because we really need that um, yeah yeah we do although I haven't seen anything said on real-time workflows yet so I'm not no, like, no, it's holding actually, my breath it's, it's, it's actually <laughs> rather slow I've tried it uh, and it does like a one one flow a second more or less yeah. One, one run a second, and it's not that super, super fast, especially if you compare it to something like SSIS when you run that. I've, I've tried that when in like multi threaded manner, and then you can, you can get up to like 500 records uh, a second where you like delete something or you update a custom entity or something like that. Something like that, and that's a totally different scale. Uh, so I think that doing complicated integrations, for instance, uh, where you need really high speed. The flow is not there yet, but I mean, with the batch functionality, uh, maybe we can get some of that. Then we have the execute multiple. I haven't tried the parallelism part of that in, to see if there's a possibility of getting increased performance using flow. But you can set parallel. You can do something things in parallel with that. So maybe you, if you do did things in parallel and we use batch, we could do that that increased performance. Not and sure. and if we look at flow, for example, they have this that. From now on, it's the out of the box. They're going to use flow instead of workflow. If we look at customer service for SLAs, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, generally they're going they're going to be using. It's moving towards it, and I think the interesting interesting discussion around that is so you have on prem. Where does this leave you in two years? <laughs> probably where you're at right now. Yes, I mean they, they, they're just gonna leave yes. right, leave it stranded, right? Yeah. Workflow. So, so probably, yeah, yeah, you're probably right. They they're not gonna do anything with it, but. I mean, yeah, so I think work this on-prem is going to be exactly more or less where it is on the workflow front, but flow is now so much more. And um, I think the, the hard part is probably where you have new functionality uh, that's dependent on uh, on workflows uh, or work, workflow functionality, and you're probably going to have, uh, they're going to build that on top of flow instead of building that on top of workflow. And then if you try to bring that to on-prem, like one of those first-party apps that actually yeah, exist. Yeah, that's not going to no, exactly. that, work that, that, very that's well. That's not going to work very well. So those first-party apps that we have on on-prem, how are they? How is that going to happen? How is that going to work when they build? They continue building on those and deploying those on on the on-prem. Yeah. That's got to be interesting. Yeah, and um, I don't see Microsoft doing a huge investment in in making some sort of conversion from from the flow online functionality to converting a flow that they did for uh, customer engagement by default to work as well on-prem. So so you have more and more benefits of going online. You won't get the full functionality. No, I agree. Yeah. I, they, 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 they won't be putting that much effort into on-prem. There's less and less people. Like, like the guy, like Paul Murray said, I think what Paul or uh, Roger Gilchrist said in the session we were just in, um, that like two or three years ago, in the large enterprise meetings they had, there was one guy who did online and the rest were on-prem. Now it's the other way around. Like, so now it's, uh, it's, there's there's one guy doing on-prem that the rest of you are online. And the guys in the online are just laughing at the guy with on-prem. Um, and I think that's that's, uh, that's rather interesting as well, having that. Not, I don't think you should laugh, but uh, it's... Oh, well, it's, it's everyone has their reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Might be technical depth, might be we just don't have time for it i think compliance yeah. is a good reason as well i'm yeah. I, I work with some of the some of the banks and I, they have they're reliant on having the swedish swedish bank authority yeah as uh, like getting an approval from 
like an, an agreement between Microsoft and the bank authority saying we we actually approve the the Swedish uh, like Microsoft yeah. uh, cloud cloud services. Yeah. But the, the Microsoft doesn't they don't seem to understand this. Uh, they really. have a lot of complaints that they have certified for, but perhaps not very many from Sweden where we're situated. Yeah, but I, th- I think it's actually like Sweden and Norway and so on. All, all the, it's like on a national uh, national yeah. banking authority uh, basis. Okay, so basis. if we yeah. try to continue and look at other new stuff then, yeah. so if we try to keep to customer service then, so USD is letting go of IE support. How do you feel about it? I I I I can answer again. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah, I'm. I'll, I'll talk a lot. Sorry. You just just break, just break in if you want to say something. IE is no longer a browser. I don't know if you've recognized that. That's breaking news <laughs> for some. Yeah. Maybe that is breaking news for some. But Microsoft actually officially re- uh, went out and said that IE is no longer defined as a browser. It is defined as a compatibility solution. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. So you're not supposed to use it as a browser. You're supposed to use it if you have older web-based application that you need to use IE for. Yeah. Uh, don't use it to browse the internet. <laughs> Perhaps intranet then. If you have the internet, <laughs> yeah. if you int- the internet is an application that requires Internet yeah. Explorer, then you use it. Yeah. Yeah. But I they So then it's time and due that they release the requirements to have IE for that. And open up for Chromium and other yes, things. Yes, of course. Yeah. I mean, then the, the, what they're saying on the, the, the what they're saying, implicitly saying is that IE is not something that we. That it's more like a, a slow deprecation that we're doing, doing now. You shouldn't be using IE. You should be using some other browser. Um, uh, so that's what they're implicitly saying with this. I don't think I've used it for years. No, IE. I, I, yeah. yeah. I, I've, I have some customers that, that have an IE policy, generally, of throughout their company. I can't say I approve, um, no. but they have it. and uh, well, uh, I've Sometimes you just don't want to pick that fight. So I, I've actually sent them this, um, this blog, bl- this article from Microsoft saying, look, it's not, no longer a browser. Yeah. Uh, because if, they only ha- if only all the users only have IE and, and Microsoft are not, no longer defining it as a browser, I mean... How can you be sure that it's secure? So it's it's a very that's but it's a lot a lot larger p- question than just discussing this, right? Yeah. Um, so if we look at uh, sales, then uh, I think the new big thing is that they're going to support CPQ solutions from third-party vendors. How do you feel about that? Uh, I think that's it's a good, very good thing. Um, uh, CPQ for those people that don't know, it's a configure price quote. Yeah, thank you for the acronym. Yeah. Uh, it actually means uh, product configurator. Yeah. So that you can go in, you can select, for instance, oh, I want this bike, I want these wheels, and I want uh, I want these gears. Oh, by the way, if you want to select those gears, you can't have that steering. That 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 you have to have these the frame is different frame because the. Yeah. And by the way, and then, then I live in I live in Stockholm, and if you live in Stockholm, you have to buy a, a helmet because those are the rules in Stockholm. Uh, so we can't sell a we can't sell a bike without selling selling a helmet because whatever rules, like commercial right. rules. and there's our commercial rules, technical rules, whatever. So that these are called CPQs. And previously, if you had like Expert Logics as one of those, there are several others. Uh, maybe you can t- you know some some of those names. There are some people here. Um, I don't. I do know them, some of them. Yeah, uh, it's up to you if you want to mention them, some of them here on your on your. Yeah. I uh, anyway, 
I know expert audience. I have, I've forgotten the other ones. Um, ha- however, they are what what has previously been the fact is that they've added the, them their solutions as like a button. You go in on on the quote and you press configure quote and it'll open you a, win- a new window. And then when you're done, it will depending on the configuration add uh, order lines or quote lines to your quote. Um, and then you can reopen that if you like to like change the setting. What Microsoft has said now is that they're gonna have they're gonna add like built-in hooks engines, so it's gonna be more built in to the system. That yeah. You can have an- and there are a lot of customers that need to configure their products, yes. and Dynamics hasn't really supported that in any way before. So for me, it's kind of a good thing that they're moving in this direction, and it's always talking to that the. Pretor- the product is maturing and considering more options for the Dynamics customers. Yeah, but I think the the hard part about that this is when they're saying this, do they un- really understand um, the complexity of all the co- different kinds of PQ engines out there? I mean, probably not. No, because there's there's bo- there's like spe- special ones for telco. There's special ones for uh, other kinds of that are very, they're very specific for the and those needs that that they have and the the requirements that they set at adding some generic and what what. But the the case uh, could be the same as uh, the the standard integration from finance and operations to customer engagement. Uh, I just learned today will create a a single product for uh, for each configuration in F and O. So. What I'm getting at is maybe the CFQ doesn't have to be um, altering the system too much, just enabling us to have greater interactions with uh, quotes, products, etc. from from the external uh, providers of CPQ. Yes. Yeah. 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 Surprise writing products, as you were alluding to, that it already does support. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I haven't, I haven't seen the details of it. I'm just say, saying that it is a really, really complex area. CPQs. I've, when I've done it, done integrations to it, I mean, we've we had an entire CPQ pro, uh, system that just was the CPQ engine, and it was handled by an entire group of people at that company, uh, and it was really expensive. It was more expensive than this than than, than the CRM system. Uh, so, I mean, you have to realize the magnitude of these kinds of systems. Sometimes uh, they can be extremely complicated and expensive, yeah. but very very powerful. And you can give a, give them company a lot of power if they implemented it correctly. I think, Marcus, you you have also been working with, with a company in the south of Sweden where I've been as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and they have configured products as they use and they have a different third-party vendor and they've invested a lot of time both to connect to it and then define the models for their products to work with that. So yeah. it and is a lot of investments both building it and then doing the configurations and then maintaining it and trying to upgrade yeah Yeah. so if we continue here and look at more sales features here there is a new forecasting feature yes yes. for crm how do you feel about that yeah i think i I, this is something that i've been we have developed for for a few customers uh, previously so i think that forecasting is a something that's been i haven't i haven't i haven't tried this new feature but generally, when I saw that they were going to release a forecasting feature, I got really happy because it's something that many, many customers are very interested in and they have been missing in the product. I mean, you, they, some, if you sell a bike, you sell, you, you think that you get an ink, you get an, get a revenue when you sell the bike. Yeah. But if you are a dynamics vendor, 
and you you sell especially if you sell a our cloud service provider or something like that and you you sell you sell us the CRM system you're not expe- expecting to have one income when you sell that at that day you're expecting to get income from the implementation over a period of time so it doesn't consider services or subscriptions well, well, only can- one time purchases yeah, like one, one opportunity yes yes yeah because there'll be services but do you do like one yeah. you have you have to like calculate all the income at one time right and that's not very um it doesn't really reflect Accurate. reality reality yeah. and it, it, i i sometimes talk, talk to a lot of like in s- smaller companies and they they have this notion that they have to get building a huge amount of functionality in like forecasting for instance and they don't and i would then i ask them okay so how many quotes have you sent out right now to your customers and they can't answer that question and then i t- t- then i tell them maybe we should wait with the forecasting maybe you start by just knowing how many quotes you've sent to your customers yeah yeah so sometimes i think that going all the way to forecasting might be overkill maybe you should start focusing on the basics first and then go to when you know how many how many quotes you've sent out and you know how many leads you've sent out and you have like a basic understanding of your pipeline then we can start looking at forecasting so yeah. i think that's something some some so for for a more a bit more advanced customers a bit more mature customers then i think it's a good idea yeah and here we're more merely looking at uh, release notes than actual business value yeah so perhaps yeah start with the most important stuff and then continue with options all right so if we look at portals have anyone look worked with portals no okay so one of the big things for me is that they're dropping the dynamics requirements and getting with a cds portal that's a big thing for me yeah especially in the marketing part you, you, you can previously when you worked in marketing you have to, had to use a dynamic portal yeah yeah now that you can use any portal and then you have a, you also have canvas support uh, or power app support for in portals this is very cool yeah and as well power bi so you can embed yes. the visuals from power bi yes. and that's also alluding to we're sort of dropping a little bit of the dynamics and moving over to the power platform have you seen this as well yeah um so th- i really think they are enabling the isvs to to um further develop their their applications on top of the power platform now including portals as well which is a real uh, added uh, value for the for them so since i think yesterday i've heard the term dynamics is dead like three or four times so there's a little bus thing around that that and it's not dead dead like so you should not talk about dynamics you should talk about power platform because that's that's what it's all about now i agree yes the power platform is the the dynamics platform is dead and the power platform is what is the new king um so uh, dynamics is is the application that is built on top of the power platform so the application dynamics as a platform is still alive but the dynamics platform doesn't exist anymore the power platform so i think that's a very important distinction to make and then you you have to when people talk about power apps pop that's that's sort of the app that you build with the power platform so i think that that's that these are this these definitions are need to be very clear when you talk about what what we what we are doing and i think also these the, the you can deploy these power apps on the power platform in different ways currently there are three uis for these you have the canvas apps 
we have the module-driven apps, and we have the portal. Right. All right. So the portal. Explain how you think about that, then. how you link that to sort of the. You have, a, you, have you have an underlying data. Yeah. Underlying data model, and then you can choose how you want to, do, to how you want to front this to to the customer or to the user. You can use the, a canvas app. You can use a model-driven app, or you can use a portal. All right. So you mean that you don't actually have any other UI than well, that's, the one that you use with the portal. Well, you can, of course, you can make your own. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, typically, based on our platform, those right. are the those are the UIs you can choose from. Yeah. And they are. I mean, if you're looking at look at what's going on, you can now take Canvas app. You can take that in the modular. App. So I, without sort of violating any any NDAs. Yeah, they showed this today they and showed, discussed this. So they did, that's, yes. That's so just, uh, just sort of without any, violating any, any, sure. any NDAs, that's showing that the Canvas app is moving into the modular river app. Yeah. We're also seeing that the Canvas app, you can, ha- you can create Canvas apps, put them into a portal. So the, 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 yeah. yeah, think about that. Yeah, consider it. Okay, that's great segue for Power Apps because there's a lot of news in Power Apps and Canvas-driven apps. So do you have any favorite here? I think you have to you have to go back to the what what they're used for. Okay, then. So, like uh, responsive. So you the the field size or the screen size isn't as fixed as it was before. That's no, they, no, a they're, good they're, one for me. They're building in they're building in better better better, but not complete support for uh, yeah. responsive responsive design to the canvas apps. But it's not still not as good as as the modular driven apps. No. So I think that the there, there are still distinctions made there, uh, but I think that's probably going to. Uh, uh, the, you look at it. If you, you don't have to be Einstein to sort of say that. Okay, so they're currently working with that, right? So they're making the canvas apps more, more responsive. Yeah, and I, I would guess this wouldn't be a very strange development to see them working on that even more. Yeah. No. And and I've uh, if I sort of back up and see more of the investments i see more of the investments in the power platform and hence the canvas and mold driven apps than i see in the first party apps and that's a little bit what we talked about earlier that perhaps it's not dead but more investments in going into the power platform yeah but still i mean if you if you look at the the first party apps yes. a, lot, a lot of the investments there are going into the like the ai parts they so i, I think that they it's not just like the customer service. It's customer service for AI or, or AI for customer service and AI for sales. And, AI, and then you have this insights part, uh, market insights, customer service yeah. insights. Can we wait a little bit with AI and continue yeah, but, but, with yeah, power they're, apps? They're also sort of like, they're, they're sort of like, um, they are built, they're built on top of the first party app. So they're like yeah. an extensions of the first party app. So just so that we sort of, um, they they extend the value of the first party apps, but they're still so. They, but they, so they're they're almost like yeah, first party apps prim. All right. So then I'm going to challenge you and say that sales a sales for AI yeah can actually be connected to other parties. Or AI for sales. I don't know which, which, which way it is. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So AI for sales then. Yeah. That can be connected to sales. I know. Yes, it can. But so should it? then is should, it should, a service should. then? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, yeah, perhaps, and then strictly not set built on that one. But but generally, it you, you get it, you get more power with it. Yeah, of course. You, you use it and we want everyone to use Dynamics, right? Yes. Yeah. And then I think also I think also think it's like a it's like a competitive advantage if you if you do enable it for 
for for, for other uh, services because then they can start seeing the power of Microsoft and they more know. I mean, what is the what is the one one advantage Microsoft has over over every other uh, supplier? Yeah, what is that? Is this the breath that they can have? Yeah, they the, either the has one Microsoft story. Yeah. That is that's that's the one st- story that nobody else can compete with. Not Apple, not Google, not Amazon, not ever, not anybody, not Salesforce. They can't compete with that. Okay, so you, the, explain a little bit to the listener the one Microsoft story then, because then we need a little bit more background. Because I'm not sure that everyone follows along with that. What that so is? The, so the one Microsoft story, from my perspective, is the story of of having like, the the collaboration perspective or the office productivity is say, is the office. So everybody, and more or less. Uh, Everybody uses Office in their in, in in their everyday life, using Outlook, sitting there in Outlook, and then you have um, then we can we can we can build on top of that with with Dynamics, uh, both Dynamics for financial finance and operations and and CRM uh, to ex- to extend extend a lot of that, and then you can build uh, on a lot of um, more custom Azure components uh, or whatever you want to build it with web components on top of that, so you can do whatever you want. With with all with all the functionalities in Azure, and then everybody's just running Windows, which is also a service nowadays. Windows ten, so everything, all of these different stories, all, everything, all this just like connects together. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm moving around the microphone here. So, yeah. So uh, these all this this all um, these these all, all all of these pieces just fit together, um, and and makes the story more uh, well stronger together. Um, and if you start to take, if you take one piece away, like the CRM system, then you'll start seeing that if you should start take part of that, put part of that in to get in there again. Like for instance, the AI for sales, you see, okay, but look, I'm not now. I'm getting more of this Microsoft story. I'm getting one more piece of this Microsoft puzzle back into into there, and this, then you're getting more of the power. It's like one plus one equals three, but in this case, it's actually like. It's like a one plus 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 one equals one thousand, and if you start yeah. if you start taking if you take one away one of those, if you get like a hundred instead. So you're and then if you start if you add, you add like a half to that, then maybe you get five hundred. It's like oh shit, I want to get a I want to get a thousand. I don't get a five. I don't just I don't want to get reach five hundred. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's that's sort of the point of this. You you start seeing that you it's if I if I use. Salesforce and okay, I can I can use Slack, but I don't get Teams, and the Teams integration is like built in there. So why don't why why do I have to do everything myself? And it's like best of breed sort of thing, and I have to do a lot of thing, and it's it's harder to get everything working. But with Microsoft, it's just it's more or less next finish. It's not perfect. No software is perfect, but it's the best you can get. In fullness of time, it will be perfect, right? In the fullness of time, I mean, it will converge <laughs> towards perfection. <laughs> you can quote me on that. <laughs> it will converge towards perfection. All right. <laughs> so if we try to continue here with the news of the Power Apps then, and perhaps more on the Canvas Apps and the other apps, uh, we have sort of, uh, they have app usage and you can see actually what apps are being used. And for me, that's always a great win where you can have, okay, the success isn't when we deployed and launched it. The success is when we have X amount of users using it. User adoption. User adoption, yes. 
How do you feel about this then, Sarah? Well, everything that can increase um, user adoption is good. Like, um, so, so many projects miss the part that, um, that, that actually gets the user to use it as something that will help them not be more difficult. So if we can use this and show our clients from the beginning that, okay, by this we can measure, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think. Yeah, and uh, also in addition to the uh, usage uh, capabilities or being able to measure, measure usage, they I think they also added additional licensing. Uh, they added to the licensing experience by by enabling the makers to to see uh, straight uh, in the canvas app when I'm adding the the connector that okay this will this will put to you up a tier and this will make it more expensive if the, if I am an uh, ISV to uh, create these sort of applications or just an internal maker that okay this would be cool to do X Y Z and you don't realize oh this is going to go from a power two license for 40 us dollars per user per month to a plan license at 115 us dollars per user per month and that's a big deal for yes. me yes yeah and i think that the, i mean they also there's they, they they quite recently it's not part of the april release but they quite recently changed the the um, storage cost as well yeah. Um, so I think that's also upwards. Upwards a lot. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it's from five dollars to about forty dollars per gigabyte. Um, so um, I think that's um, this that this also requires uh, like solution architects and all consultants to think about what they're use what they're putting into the system, and also to maybe be able to to constantly clean the data that they have in the system. Do we need this data? Are we storing, for instance, uh, system uh, system jobs uh, or async jobs in the system that we don't need, yeah. and so on? Because I, I mean, all this data is, is uh, will <laughs> will um, <laughs> will take take up a lot of pl a lot of room, especially for large orgs. Perhaps Dynamics isn't where you should store your bi big data projects. It's not. It's not. Yeah. There are other solutions for that. Yeah. So uh, if we try to continue with offline support, you're adding a little bit more for that for model-driven apps. Anyone yeah. using offline for model-driven apps? I haven't tried it myself at this time. Um, I know that there's 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 a built-in support for that, um, and I've seen I've seen some people build model-driven model-driven apps for that, but I haven't tried it myself. Okay. Anyone using flows? Yeah, I've I built built a couple of flows. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, you but you're quite a good flows, and you've built a couple of flows for assembling documents and stuff like that, right? And yeah, there's Martin, news yeah. Yeah, coming sure. merely every weeks. Yes, so flow is a hot topic, and uh, uh, one of the things mentioned in the April release that I got excited about was the the action center, which is a, a new type of uh, dashboard for collecting all of your approval flows and also all the updates to your business process flows in a one collected place where you can get an overview of your um, so what microsoft uh, they business business processes they they call them both of them uh, in the in the maker studio i think so both of them will consolidate in the action center uh, 
that's a real nice addition. And I think that you can see flows that have sort of failed and you can get aggregate views on that. Or is that the admin part of the flow? I'm not sure. Yes, I, I haven't looked into that part of myself. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we're we're guessing a little bit here, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, it's it's hard to have time to look into all the features. It's more or less impossible. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. That's where we we at at at, uh, at our company. We, what we try to do is that we try to sort of divide the responsibilities a bit, so we not everybody has to look into everything. I'm still expected to sort of know everything, but the, that's uh, that's the way uh, it is. Yeah, that's a, that's the way it is. But uh, apart from me, so. Um, okay, so anyone looked at the new marketing where you can store your um, where you score can store your artifacts in a CDS. No, sorry, CMS. So content management systems. So you can use uh, other things than Dynamics to represent your images and your scripts and all that yeah, i think that's i think that's that's a very important addition to the uh, marketing uh, to dynamics marketing um, because i think many uh, companies they are using other uh, uh, cms systems um, so and for landing pages for instance and so on and they don't want to rely on having a uh, having Mike having microsoft's portals as their as their sort of has a lot to do with branding and so on so yeah perhaps important. you don't mm -hmm. want to store that in dynamics because the cost is going up uh partly i think par partly the part of this but i think from a market marketing perspective if you look at the cost of marketing yeah uh, it's not very cheap so i don't i'm not sure that it's mainly uh that it's it's mainly that reason i think that's when i when i think Often it's a question of about that you you have you you're using WordPress or you're using yeah. some other large like Epic server or whatever that as a CMS system and you want to be able to to have the uh, the web team control the look and feel of everything that's that's being published towards customers. True. Yeah. So I think that's it's more like a, a question of like separating uh, responsibility between teams. Yeah. So the. That's, that's I think be more more of that. Do we have any news on universal resource scheduling uh, for April release? Uh, um, well, I think they're coming more often nowadays, right? Or yeah, yeah. But there was uh, one really interesting field service uh, thing that they pulled back that <laughs> for US, so that it would be like a self scheduling portal thing. Okay. Uh, so that was in the day. So hopefully to the so fall it was, release. It was in the release notes? Yeah. But then so you can see, like, if you go to docs.com, you can see a history change log. So you can see when they pulled out was in February sometime. They took it away again. Yeah, so because I, everyone I is in, everything is in GitHub, so you can just see the change log there so you don't have to look through the 500 pages each and every day. No, I love that. I love that. So even though I was disappointed, I love that I could see that it was pulled away. Yeah. Oh, I haven't utilized that. That's a that's a great tip. Yeah, so you you can keep the sort of okay, what's the change log there, uh, and use that to sort of export. Okay, what's the changes they've done since last time I looked? Yeah, it's a good tip. All right. So anything that you guys feel that we have missed because I just uh, extracted some parts that I thought was important for me. What do you think? A really cool uh, addition to Flow 
Um, and I, I can't quite remember in which format this will appear, but the, the ability to extract data from uh, HTML pages and PDFs um, have been requested by clients uh, or uh, yeah, our clients for for some time, and it's uh, it's a really cool feature to to have some. I think they mentioned like some AI capabilities or where you like you map uh, uh, say you get a standard invoice to your um, to your email each uh, each day or each uh, recurring time unit um, then you can map out the fields that appear on that PDF and then get those ones um, the fields as a variable in subsequent steps this is a really cool uh, feature so they can do that for pdfs as well as html then yes cool because i thought it was more like a screen scraper for other systems that you yeah, could I, I, use to sort of we have this legacy mm -hmm. we have some web page that we can use it's not really meant for reading but we can use it anyway with flow I think it's actually uh, they're looking at what the, the RPA systems like UiPath are doing. So RPA, Robot Process Automation. Yes, I think they're looking a bit at what they, these kinds of systems are doing, and then they are like looking at because what 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 the uh, the RPA systems are doing is that they they can like uh, you you can automate based on forms, for instance, and and saying okay, I want to fill in this form based on based on how it looks, and then you have it has like a an AI sort of logic based behind it, and then they're looking at sort of, but it has it doesn't have as good a a logic engine as Flow does. Um, so as far as I know, anyway, I have no expert in UiPath, for instance. Um, but um, I, I, what I think is that if you can like build bring in the the scraper functionality or like the UI functionality of like trying to sort of look into the UI. Um, and then bring that into uh, Flow, so you can like convert a, a unstructured data in a PDF or a when a web page um, that, that that continues shows up, and then you can sort of bridge part of that gap. And you doesn't maybe become as good as UiPath, but you can do some part of that. Yeah. So if we looked at AI, then have any of you tried the AI for sales parts? No, I haven't tried that. Oh, so it's I've just looked, me then. I've 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 looked at some of the pictures of it, but I haven't tried it. Before. All right, so I just had to start a trial then in the U.S. to try it out, okay, and it? it looks like some parts they stamp AI on it, AI on it just because they can, but AI for sales looks actually like machine learning that you can use and sort of spice up your dynamic sales and improve the f way you're working so take for example the 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 way that you can use to qualify leads and if you have data on that then you can train a model for that and they have lead scoring so you can get a score and then on time you can say is it improving or declining and if you say, for example, opportunities, they have a real good one dashboard where you can have this dashboard where the time axle, X axle is days in the future. And then on Y, you have relationship. So is it going up and down? Up is better. And then circle sizes are based on the value. So you can see if you have a value that's really big and really down below and you have this really close to the finish, you're in trouble. 
and you can see we should really focus on that one and it's easier to spot them in sort of this chart dashboard and it's trained on the data that you have before so that's a good one for me. Maybe that's too late. It's really big. And yeah. <laughs> Perhaps it is maybe too Maybe you late, should work. Maybe you have a larger chance of some. <laughs> All right. But catching them earlier if, is, of yeah. course, better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I presume <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. But I think it's, I think it's, a, good, it's, a, good, it's a good functionality. I think what, what you should also think about when regards to AI is that it's rather with flow, it's rather easy to, to use the sentiment analysis in, in the cognitive services, for instance, and text analysis. Uh, according to uh, sentiment analysis, it allows you to very, rather easily just send in some text uh, in like a, a ton of languages and uh, even Swedish, and then it can get back like, okay, they this is they think it's good or bad, um, and this is it takes a couple of, more or less a couple of a couple of minutes to do this. It does it's it's really easy. We actually had an uh, after work at, at our at our at our companies where we sort of we tried to write the, the the nicest and the most evil comments uh, a lot is, of curse words no no not, not curse words just mm. like being tried to be really bad uh, yeah. maybe the worst of better curse words in there as well I don't remember <laughs> <laughs> I can't really say that here because it wouldn't would really, nah. really hurt your podcast I think so <laughs> yeah. um, but then and then there's also in the content moderator uh, service which is part of cognitive services I think uh, they have profanity control uh, which can also you can check texts for profanities, but they can also check images for for being racy or being adult. So if you have like some some feature where you upload images and you then want to sort of like automatically publish those on your website, uh, like if you're doing a dating service with a CDS part, yeah. then you want to make sure that people are not uploading like nude images of themselves. You can actually you can you can circle uh, the profanity control and make sure that they're not not upload. And that's cool. Yeah, if you're doing data date services. Yeah, and you can do dating yeah. services now with CDS. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, have you looked at any of the sort of industry accelerators that they're publishing or working with here, and that's not really part of the release note, but they're working with it still? Which one would you do? Are you thinking? Okay, about? so they have a couple of where they have nonprofit, where they have health, and where they have gone and mapped out the common entities for that domain and made that publicly available so you can sort of start with that instead of starting from scratch when you come to a customer no i haven't all right then have you uh i've just looked at it and and seen it and yeah uh, it looks like they've puddled, put a lot of work into that with connectors to the sort of that domain specific product. So you can easily collect, connect to health products that are common in that domain that perhaps dynamics isn't really used for in the first place. And then they put it open source on GitHub and as well as solutions that you can use yeah. and provide. Yeah, this got me thinking about another thing that they is what they released in. It's another connector, sort of like a hook. Uh, that's for there's previously was a a sort of a in, an inside hook for uh, for inside the company called Inside View, and Versium, I think. Yeah, and they are, they are now releasing those so that, so that if anybody wants to like build ISV solutions, um, or if you want to have that for for like a one off for a customer, you can use those hooks now as well for 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 building inside view is a tool that can you can if you open a customer or an account you will you will see what's going on with a customer you will look look in the like news, company news company who's the ceo yeah. what's the revenue so yeah. reuter for instance wanted to use like yeah. or observer wanted to use like a 
create a server a service where they could can like see this is a Reuters Reuters ongoing news about this company. You could yeah. do that kind of integration. That so would be cool, right? That's a good uh, yeah. tool for Reuters if they're listening. Yeah, yeah. Perhaps someone they would hire someone to build it, right? Yes, yeah, they can just yeah. call us, or yeah. me, me or you, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, is there anything news in general that you want to talk about here? Yes, use a CDS connector for Flow. Don't use a Dynamics connector. Yeah. Okay. That's a good tip then. Yeah. If you're using Dynamics connector, so switch. Okay, then give us the reason why. Just it's, it's better? Is that the I, they, short they, one? Generally, generally, I think they're, they, I've heard that they're moving to it. So and you're going to... Did you, did you hear anything? Yeah, and, and also like you have to use the CDS connector uh, when you create the flow within a solution in order for it to be solution aware. Okay. Uh, in that case, then it, then the flow will be uh, solution aware. So yeah, and the dynamics trigger can't filter on attributes either. Can't trigger on that. Right. Which this yes can. And so, I also think so. That that's a big one to keep the flow amount down. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I also think that the the CDS connector has support for some of the new features uh, that they had issues with. Like they mentioned in the session. That, for instance, in the polymorphic fields, like regarding and uh, customer fields and owner fields, uh, you can control those with with the CDS connector. You can't do that with the dynamics connector. And yeah. also, I think the CDS tr connector is the only one which you can trigger manually from dynamics. Yes. So sure. the yeah, dynamics yeah. one you can't trigger on a record. So that could bo goes back a little bit to this sort of common: if you can use CDS and platform. Consider that first. Yep. Then, if you can't, then go to dynamics. Yeah, and I, I mentioned this uh, in one of the sessions previously as well. And that that's if you have to if you have to think about when if, if if you're building things on top of CDS or if you're building on top of on top of CDS and first party app like sales or customer service is that if you're building on top of of of, of both CDS and customer service, then you have two dependencies. Previously, it was one one monolith in the delivery. You had one. You had one dependency because even if you built on top of sales, but now it's actually two different teams. I mean, you have the power platform team; they're delivering the CDS and the power platform, and then you have the sales team; they're delivering that. It's a different cadence. It's a different team. Uh, if you go to Advanta in, in outside of Seattle, you will actually meet two different teams doing this. So this means that you will have to, if you build on top of both of them, you will have to. Be no noticed both when the Dynamics platform are releasing, the Power Platform are releasing the, the, their things, and your first-party app like Sales or Customer Service are releasing their thing. And if you're dependent on two first-party apps, you have three dependency teams. So even more complicated. So be careful about that. All right, then. Thank you all for your participation in Serum Rocks. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. And thanks to you all listening. And don't forget, you can see CRM Rocks in your favorite podcasting app and leave comments on the homepage. Just search for CRM Rocks and you will find it right there. See you next time on CRM Rocks.